For the last few weeks, the new obsession in my household is the Descendants series from Disney. These movies imagine a fairy tale world where Belle and the Beast get married, unite all of the fairy tale kingdoms into one, called the United States of Oradon, and kick all of the villains and sidekicks out of the kingdom and exile them on the Isle of the Lost, a place where they are trapped and have no magic. Belle and the Beast's son, Ben, becomes king at age 16, and he decides his first act as king will be bringing four children from the Isle of the Lost over to Oradon to give them a chance at a new life away from their wicked parents. Now, nothing could go wrong with this, right? Aside from having super catchy songs that are persistently stuck in my head. The wonderful thing about these movies is showing how anyone, whether they are considered a hero or a villain, is capable of both good and bad. And falling into temptation happens to even those who seem the least likely to do so. It also shows the power of forgiveness and giving others a second chance. Now we can't talk about beautiful brokenness without going all the way back to our original broken couple, Adam and Eve. The stars of their very own fantasy garden running around naked and unashamed in paradise with everything that they could need or want at their fingertips. Nothing was forbidden to them except one thing. One tree at the center of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God told them they could have anything except the fruit from that one particular tree. No big deal, right? They're allowed anything else that they desire. The thing with the forbidden, however, is that sometimes the more you tell someone no, the more they want the thing that they cannot have. Now the serpent, was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent tricked me and I ate. 
The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you among all animals and among all wild creatures. Upon your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly increase your pangs in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children, yet your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And to the man he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree about which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread until you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. The man named his wife Eve, because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made garments of skins for the man and for his wife, and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, See, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And now he might reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life, and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden, to till the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man, and at the east of the garden of Eden he placed the cherubim, and a sword flaming, and turning to guard the way to the tree of life. Eat it, the serpent says. Eat it. You won't die like God says you'll die, but instead you'll know good and evil. You'll be like God, the serpent says. That can't be all bad, can it? Temptations start with something small. It starts with us thinking, I know I'm not supposed to do that thing, but it can't be all that bad if I do it just once, right? It's just one bite. One bite won't hurt anything. And it looks so good. Something that looks so good couldn't possibly kill me, right? Maybe the serpent is right. Maybe it will open my eyes. Why is it that God doesn't want me to know good and evil? I'm gonna do it, just one bite. I'll give it to my partner too. Just one bite for each of us. They eat the fruit. Their eyes are opened. They hide in the garden for they are naked and afraid when they hear God coming. God asks them if they ate the fruit and immediately they blame each other. It was the woman's fault, she gave it to me. The woman that you created for me, she did it. It was the serpent's fault, he tricked me. Part of the brokenness of our world is not just falling into temptation, but also our failure to accept responsibility for our actions. We see this with both Adam and Eve. It's Eve's fault for giving him the fruit. It's the serpent's fault for telling Eve that it was okay to eat it. It's hard to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, I messed up, I failed. It doesn't feel good to admit when we fall short. For some, they legitimately do not believe that they are capable of failing or making a mistake. At any rate, admitting when we fall short is super hard to do. 
is way easier to find a scapegoat or a person who's blamed for the wrongdoings, mistakes, or faults of others. Scapegoats are actually a biblical concept from Leviticus in which a live goat was brought to the tent during the annual Day of Atonement, the tent where they kept the Ark of the Covenant. Aaron, Moses' brother, and also the high priest, would lay his hands on the goat and confess to it all of the sins of the people of Israel. And then the goat would be set free in the wilderness, taking with it the sins of all the people. Today, we don't confess our sins over a goat and let it run loose in the world. Instead, we find someone else to blame for our troubles, even if we brought those troubles on ourselves. It's so important not to forget that for others, you may live in a perpetual state of feeling like you failed, like you're not good enough. When you've been told that you're not good enough or just not enough in general, over and over again, it becomes this running narrative in your head. And you might begin to believe that you are to blame for everything, even when you're not, because this is what you've been told. This is what's been drilled into you. The story of the fall, the temptation of Adam and Eve, is often used as a weapon, especially against women. Since Eve was the first tempted, and since, you know, she led Adam astray by offering him the fruit, then by default, all women are temptresses, or something like that. At the risk of oversimplifying this whole thing, it boils down to, are you willing to take responsibility for your own actions and not turn others into a scapegoat? Think to yourself about a time when you faced temptation and you've given into that temptation, whatever it was. Maybe it was being dishonest. Maybe it was eating something that you knew you shouldn't eat maybe doing something that you shouldn't have done or not doing something that you were supposed to do. Perhaps it was being nasty to another person. Honestly, there's about as many ways to be tempted as there are people on this earth. And we don't always triumph over temptation. Think to how that has affected your life. Maybe it was just a small thing but maybe it was a big thing that totally wrecked you and those around you. So how do you overcome that? How do you start anew? Is it even possible, especially with our society today where we are quick to condemn and quite slow to forgive? So last week we heard the story of Jesus riding in the sand as a crowd wanted to stone this woman for being caught in the midst of adultery. And he calmly told the crowd, let the one who is without sin cast the first stone. And slowly, they all dropped their stones and they walked away, knowing that they had each sinned. They had all given into whatever temptation that they had faced and were maybe even still giving into temptation in that moment. As we look at the story of Adam and Eve, tempted by the serpent and the fruit and the idea of knowing good and evil and then blaming others for their own decisions, we see how brokenness affects us. We're faced with the consequences of our actions and there are always going to be consequences. But how do we rebuild? 
how do we overcome this temptation? How do we start anew? That's the beauty. That's the beauty that comes from the brokenness. That we can rebuild because through God we have second chances. Through God, we are freed and forgiven. We are given the ability and the opportunity to take responsibility for our actions. And we're able to start anew. Through God, though we stumble and fall, and sometimes often fall into temptation, we're not condemned for all eternity. May you be set free from the weight of the temptations around you. May you be set free from the weight of your past mistakes. Freed to forgive, freed to ask for forgiveness from others, freed to make things right, and freed to walk anew with Christ. Amen. During the next few days, I encourage you to go deeper into the message with these two reflection questions. The first is, have you ever been tempted beyond your limit? If you gave into temptation, how did it affect your life? What did you do to walk away from the temptation and start anew? And the second, how easy is it to take responsibility for the mistakes that we've made? Mm -hmm.